Greetings one and all. It's October 23rd, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where each day we go further up and further in, to use C.S. Lewis's phrase, as we read through the Bible, make fresh discoveries, and grow in our appreciation of God's masterpiece of redemption. My name is David McAdam, and I am pleased to serve as your host, reading through the Old and New Testaments and highlighting observations that you won't want to miss. We are in the book of Jeremiah and Paul's second letter to his son in the gospel, Timothy, today. Yesterday, we witnessed the fall of Jerusalem, the taking captive of its people, and the blinding of King Zedekiah and the death of his sons. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is writing his last letter before his death, giving instruction and challenges to his spiritual protege, Timothy. So let's go to where we left off yesterday, turning to the book of Jeremiah and beginning with chapter 42. Warning Against Going to Egypt Jeremiah chapter 42 Then all the commanders of the forces, and Johanan the son of Kareah, and Jezaniah the son of Hoshiah, and all the people, from the least to the greatest, came near and said to Jeremiah the prophet, Let our plea for mercy come before you, and pray to the Lord your God for us, for all this remnant, because we are left with but a few as your eyes see us, that the Lord your God may show us the way we should go and the thing that we should do. Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your request, and whatever the Lord answers you I will tell you. I will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, May the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act according to all the word with which the Lord your God sends you to us. Whether it is good or bad, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God, to whom we are sending you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. At the end of ten days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Then he summoned Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces who were with him, and all the people from the least to the greatest, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your plea for mercy before him. If you will remain in this land, then I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up, for I relent of the disaster that I did to you. Do not fear the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you, to save you and to deliver you from his hand. I will grant you mercy, that he may have mercy on you and let you remain in your own land. But if you say, We will not remain in this land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God, and saying, No, we will go to the land of Egypt, where we shall not see war, or hear the sound of the trumpet, or be hungry for bread, and we will dwell there, then hear the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, If you set your faces to enter Egypt and go to live there, then the sword that you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt, and the famine of which you are afraid shall follow close after you to Egypt, and there you shall die. All the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to live there shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. They shall have no remnant or survivor from the disaster that I will bring upon them. 
For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, As my anger and my wrath were poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so my wrath will be poured out on you when you go to Egypt. You shall become an execration, a horror, a curse, and a taunt. You shall see this place no more. The Lord has said to you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. Know for a certainty that I have warned you this day that you have gone astray at the cost of your lives. For you sent me to the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us to the Lord our God, and whatever the Lord our God says, declare to us, and we will do it. And I have this day declared it to you, but you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God in anything that he sent me to tell you. Now therefore know for a certainty that you shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence in the place where you desire to go to live. Chapter 43 Jeremiah Taken to Egypt When Jeremiah finished speaking to all the people all these words of the Lord their God, with which the Lord their God had sent him to them, Azariah the son of Hoshiah, and Jehanan the son of Kareah, and all the insolent men said to Jeremiah, You are telling a lie. The Lord our God did not send you to say, Do not go to Egypt to live there. But Barak, the son of Neriah, has set you against us, to deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans, that they may kill us or take us into exile in Babylon. So Jehanan, the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces, and all the people, did not obey the voice of the Lord to remain in the land of Judah. But Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the commanders of the forces, took all the remnant of Judah, who had returned to live in the land of Judah, from all the nations to which they had been driven, the men, the women, the children, the princesses, and every person whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had left, with Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, son of Shaphan, also Jeremiah the prophet, and Barak the son of Neriah. And they came into the land of Egypt, for they did not obey the voice of the Lord, and they arrived at Tophanes. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in Tophanes, Take in your hands large stones and hide them in the mortar in the pavement that is at the entrance to Pharaoh's palace in Tophanes, in the sight of the men of Judah, and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will send and take Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will set his throne above these stones that I have hidden, and he will spread his royal canopy over them. He shall come and strike the land of Egypt, giving over to the pestilence those who are doomed to the pestilence, to captivity those who are doomed to captivity, and to the sword those who are doomed to the sword. I shall kindle a fire in the temples of the gods of Egypt, and he shall burn them and carry them away captive. And he shall clean the land of Egypt as a shepherd cleans his cloak of vermin, and he shall go away from there in peace. He shall break the obelisks of the Heliopolis, which is in the land of Egypt, and the temples of the gods of Egypt he shall burn with fire. Chapter 44 Judgment for Idolatry the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the Judeans who lived in the land of Egypt, at Migdol, at Tophanes, at Memphis, and in the land of Pothros. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, You have seen all the disaster that I brought upon Jerusalem and upon all the cities of Judah. Behold, this day they are a desolation, and no one dwells in them, because of the evil that they committed, provoking me to anger 
in that they went to make offerings and serve other gods that they knew not, neither they, nor you, nor your fathers. Yet I persistently sent to you all my servants the prophets, saying, Oh, do not do this abomination that I hate. But they did not listen or incline their ear to turn from their evil and make no offerings to other gods. Therefore my wrath and my anger were poured out and kindled in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, and they became a waste and a desolation as at this day. And now thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Why do you commit this great evil against yourselves, to cut off from you man and woman, infant and child, from the midst of Judah, leaving you no remnant? Why do you provoke me to anger with the works of your hands, making offerings to other gods in the land of Egypt, where you have come to live, so that you may be cut off and become a curse and a taunt among all the nations of the earth? Have you forgotten the evil of your fathers, the evil of the kings of Judah, the evil of their wives, your own evil, and the evil of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? They have not humbled themselves even to this day, nor have they feared, nor walked in my law and my statutes that I have set before you and before your fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will set my face against you for harm, to cut off all Judah. I will take the remnant of Judah, who have set their faces to come to the land of Egypt to live, and they shall all be consumed. In the land of Egypt they shall fall, by the sword and by famine they shall be consumed. From the least to the greatest they shall die by the sword and by famine, and they shall become an oath, a horror, a curse, and a taunt. I will punish those who dwell in the land of Egypt, as I have punished Jerusalem, with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence, so that none of the remnant of Judah, who have come to live in the land of Egypt, shall escape or survive or return to the land of Judah, to which they desire to return to dwell there. For they shall not return, except some fugitives. Then all the men who knew that their wives had made offerings to other gods, and all the women who stood by, a great assembly, all the people who lived in Pathros in the land of Egypt, answered Jeremiah, As for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you, but we will do everything that we have vowed, make offerings to the Queen of Heaven, and pour out drink offerings to her, as we did, both we and our fathers, our kings and our officials, in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food, and prospered, and saw no disaster. But since we left off making offerings to the Queen of Heaven, and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything, and have been consumed by the sword and by famine. And the women said, we have made offerings to the Queen of Heaven, and poured out drink offerings to her. Was it without our husband's approval that we made cakes for her bearing her image, and poured out drink offerings to her? Then Jeremiah said to all the people, men and women, all the people who had given him this answer, As for the offerings that you offered in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, you and your fathers, your kings and your officials, and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them? Did it not come into his mind? The Lord could no longer bear your evil deeds and the abominations that you committed. Therefore your land has become a desolation and a waste and a curse, without inhabitant, as it is this day. 
It is because you made offerings and because you sinned against the Lord and did not obey the voice of the Lord or walk in his law and in his statutes and in his testimonies that this disaster has happened to you as at this day. And this concludes our reading from today's Old Testament portion from the book of Jeremiah. You would have thought that the indisputable fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecies would have convinced everyone that he was a true prophet of God. But no, they ask for his counsel, but refuse to heed it. Pray that the Lord your God will tell us where we should go and what we should do, they ask, in Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 3. When Jeremiah tells them that they are to remain in the land of Judah and not go to Egypt, they reject his counsel and accuse him of telling lies. In Jeremiah chapter 43, verse 2, they insist on going to Egypt and returning to their idol worship. As for the message that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you, but rather we will certainly carry out every word that has proceeded from our mouths by burning sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, just as we ourselves, our forefathers, our kings, and our princes did in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food and were well off and saw no misfortune. Jeremiah chapter 44, verses 16 and 17. How deceived they were! They imagined that they were being blessed by worshipping their idols, not realizing that they were putting themselves under a curse. The fate of this surviving remnant who turned to Egypt for a refuge, rather than heeding the word of the Lord they begged Jeremiah to bring to them, is a massive tragedy. Throughout the Bible we are called to trust the Lord with our whole hearts. These people promise to do the will of God, but when they hear it declared, they refuse to obey it preferring to trust worldly wisdom, natural strength, and deceitful political alliances. They are hearers only. The New Testament book of James refers to these types of people as being double-minded and unstable in all their ways. In James chapter 1, verses 5-8. through 8. Are you eager to know the will of the Lord? Are you willing to do His will? Jesus said that this kind of single-mindedness is necessary in order to accurately discern His truth. In John chapter 7, verse 17, he said, If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. The Judean remnant disobey the word of the Lord, trusting Egypt as their refuge. The result is a disaster. Jeremiah and Barak are forced to go with them. For them to have gone voluntarily would have violated the prophecies that the Lord had given in Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 6 through 15, and chapter 40, verses 1 through 6, and chapter 42, verses 13 through 18. The surviving remnant of Judah arrives at Tophanes on the eastern boundary of the Nile Delta in Egypt. Once they are in Egypt, God calls Jeremiah to another prophetic action. He is to bury large stones at the entrance to Pharaoh's palace, predicting that Nebuchadnezzar will conquer Egypt and build his palace on that spot. Jeremiah also predicts that Nebuchadnezzar will destroy the temples of the Egyptian gods in chapter 43, verses 12 through 13. Because there is no record in the Bible itself of the Babylonians invading Egypt, critics have long questioned this passage. However, a cuneiform tablet has been found and translated that describes Babylon's invasion of Egypt in Nebuchadnezzar's 37th year, 569 or 568 B.C. In addition, 
memorial tribute texts now in the Louvre Museum in Paris describe an invasion of Egypt by northerners, making it clear that this prophesied conquest took place as prophesied by Jeremiah in chapters 43 and 44 and by Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 29. Chapter 44 contains Jeremiah's last message chronologically. It has been dated 580 B.C., because the dispersion throughout Egypt described in verses 1 and 2 would have taken some time. The Jews become ensnared with the idolatrous practices of Egypt, although their worship of foreign deities was nothing new. This must have been heartbreaking to Jeremiah, who had for so long preached against idolatry in Judah. The Jews in Egypt enter into the worship of Astarte, Ishtar, the goddess of fertility. The women made vows of devotion to the Queen of Heaven with the full consent of their husbands and offered up cakes with the image of Astarte on them, reportedly the image of the full moon. Jeremiah continues to be the weeping prophet whose words go unheeded. He tells it like it is in Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 23, Because you have burned sacrifices and have sinned against the Lord and not obeyed the voice of the Lord or walked in His law, his statutes, or his testimonies. Therefore, this calamity has befallen you as it has this day. On this sad note, let's move on to our New Testament reading, Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, and we will read from verses 1 through 21. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, A Good Soldier of Christ Jesus You then, my child, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. Remind them of these things, and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Harminius and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. 
The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament from Paul's second letter to Timothy. Paul is passing on his final words to his protege, Timothy. He reminds Timothy of the worthiness of the cause and the sufficiency of God's supply. It is tough to be a minister of the gospel in times of persecution. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul reminds Timothy of his calling. He is to fulfill the Lord's great commission by making disciples. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. He is to select those who are faithful, reliable, available, and teachable. He is to pass on the foundational truths he has received from the Apostle Paul to men who will be faithful to pass it on to others. Notice that there are four generations in this charge. First, Paul. Then, second generation, Timothy. Third generation, faithful men. And fourth generation, the others they will be teaching and who will pass it on to others. Paul explains that we need a wartime mentality, describing the Christ follower as a soldier in 2 Timothy 2, verses 2 through 5. We need strict discipline, like that of a competing athlete in verse 5. We need to work hard in this present season, whatever it may be. If we plant, water, and tend to the harvest, there will be a great reward at the return of Christ in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. In Paul's letters to the Thessalonians, when he is ministering with his team of Silas and Timothy, as well as the many who were holding fast to the faith, he referred to the gospel as our gospel. Now he is alone in prison, and he is clutching to the very source of his life and strength. This is my gospel, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Paul is suffering, being confined in chains, but confesses that God's word is not chained. In verse 9, God's word is still at work. Paul makes it very clear that this is not the best life now. If we endure, that is suffering with him, we will also reign with him in the future. He has the hope of the kingdom. He also knows the danger of apostasy. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Our faith may waver, but Jesus is a Savior for our wavering faith. He cannot disown himself. He is able to save us to the uttermost. How can we be workmen who need not be ashamed? By being careful how we handle the word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 Who were Hymenaeus and Philetus? They were those who said that believers were misinterpreting the gospel promise that we shall receive glorified bodies when Christ returns. They said the promised resurrection was not to be taken literally, but was merely symbolic, representing a spiritual resurrection. Paul reminds Timothy that our choices matter. Our responses to God's grace can play a part in determining how God will use us in the future. 
Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. Now let's move on to the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms, Psalm 92. And we will also read through to Psalm 93, verse 5. How great are your works! A psalm, a song for the Sabbath. Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish, all evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Psalm 93 The Lord Reigns The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as His belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. This concludes our reading from the book of Psalms. It is good to praise the Lord throughout the day. The Lord made us to be musical instruments. We are to make music, whether we have musical instruments or not. The psalmist writes about what inspires his songs, the Lord's deeds, his works, his profound thoughts, his victory over every enemy, and the way he causes his people to grow and flourish like the majestic trees of the Middle East. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar, planted in the house of the Lord. Psalm 92, verse 12. They are like palm trees that stand tall and live long. They are like the cedars that grow to 120 feet in height and are up to 30 feet in circumference. They are strong, solid trees that cannot be toppled by the winds of adversity. 
This song is a tribute to the supremacy of God over all things. Psalm 93 honors the Lord's kingship over all the earth. His rule is from all eternity. He is Lord over the seas, which is a metaphor for the nations. Though the nations rise up like floods, the Lord is mightier. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy and reflect His covenant commitment to His people. His glory is to fill His house and be reflected in the holiness of His people. Now for our final stop in our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verses 3 through 5. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. A fool must be disciplined sometimes by force. A fool can be stubborn as a donkey and as unruly as a horse. Be careful how you engage with foolish people. The one who responds to a fool can appear to be a fool. Don't descend to their level of thought. In some cases you are to ignore their comments, and at other times it is appropriate to offer correction, lest they continue in their self-deception. Let's go before the Lord in the light of His Word. Lord, You have said that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Forgive us for those times we have asked for Your counsel, but then not heeded it. We realize that true believers will be heeders. We ask that You inspire us and direct us to fulfill the Great Commission. Help us to disciple those who will be faithful, available, and teachable, and will also be able to teach others. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our readings today were full of warnings and encouragements, and I trust that you are blessed during our time together. If you would like to receive a written copy of our commentary on each day's Bible reading with illustrations, and also I'd like to mention that we include uh, excerpts from Operation World, a prayer guide, so we can pray for every country throughout the world each year. You can subscribe to this at our website at newlife.org. We believe we are called as Christians to be disciple-making missionaries and to demonstrate Jesus' lordship over all of life. Part of our mission is to communicate the good news in as many ways as the Lord gives us, including the performing arts, newlifefinearts.org. Thank you once again for joining us. If you have any questions or comments, you can always contact us by email by writing podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, May you be encouraged and fortified in God's grace. Shalom.